politics is just an instrument and in politics you can find an instrument of power if you from this power help society hmm. you will help help a lot that is real the politics right spiritually human values has to control politics that was the private secretary to the foreign minister of venezuela mr homar faron vira rodriguez he was in the studio of radio sai in january 2011 sharing the story of his journey to swami which began more than two and a half decades ago in 1985-86 and also the profound impact the teachings of swami has had in his personal and professional life there is plenty to learn from the sai bureaucrat coming from latin america so in this yet another episode of trust with divinity a conversation with mr homar faron vera rodriguez in conversation with mr homar is radio sai's bishu prishti Sairam dear listeners and in the studios of Radio Sai today we have a very special guest Mr Humar Faron Vera Rodriguez he is the private secretary to the foreign minister of Venezuela welcome Mr Humar to the studios of Radio Sai Global Harmony thank you very much i'm really glad to be here with you and to share a little bit of sai baba yes Dear listeners, we were talking to Mr. Homer and what is interesting is Mr. Homer came to Bhagwan when he was just 4 years old. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Since then he has been coming to Puttaparthi and he has made at least 24 trips to the lotus feet. So we are here today to know more about his journey to Bhagwan and also about the Sai movement about how Swami has drawn so many people and transformed lives so beautifully in that country venezuela thousands of miles away from prashantinilayam venezuela is one of those nations which is known for its rich natural beauty you have the caribbean on one side you have the amazon the andes mountain range actually start from there and of course it is also the country rich with so many minerals and of course once petroleum was discovered in the country the economy has completely changed it is one of those country which ranks high in the human development index but more importantly venezuela is also a nation which is very peace loving it has not gone into war with any of its neighbors is that right yes 200 years ago we had an independence revolution and 200 years ago with Simon Bolivar that yeah. was our liberator we went in war but yes. it was a war for independence, independence. after that venezuela have never been in war so it's been a peace loving nation and venezuelans are known for their good humor and big smiles and smile comes spontaneously on Always. mr homar's face too as we talk to him so welcome once again mr homar to the studio thank you very much so please uh, tell us about your journey to swami you have been coming to puttaparthi for so long it's really amazing how 
Bhagwan has drawn people from all parts of the world and each one's story is so unique. So tell us your story to Bhagwan. Yes, first time I came here I was 4 years old. My family first time came here because Sai Baba made a miracle to my brother. My brother was going to die at the age of 3 years old. And uh one person, a friend of my parents, gave them vibhuti. And my parents put vibhuti in his eyes when he was just a child, put in his neck and made him drink with some water and in 3 days he was fine just like that so for my parents of course and for every people if somebody has a child they say to you your child is going to be dead in in few days and it comes a miracle like this it means there is something great so that's why the first time we came here to india at the age of 4 okay so that's how your parents become devotees but what is your earliest memory of prashanti nidhi well first thing i can remember of prashanti was their beautiful and very delicious food <laughs> delicious food that was which year you said you came to parthi 1985 1986 was the western canteen there at that time no So what was delicious for you as a Venezuelan? The South Indian canteen. That, that was the delicious food. Yes, that was the delicious food. I remember the idli. I remember wow. the dosa. <laughs> <laughs> It was really nice, really nice. Also, I remember the discipline. The discipline was very good. We had to get up at three o'clock, four o'clock a.m. You go around Prashanti Nilayam singing at this hour. Then in the morning at about five to six, you go to darshan. So as a small child, you used to get up early and go for all this. Yes, yes. I remember I went around the mandir. Mandir, yes. In the morning after the nagasankirtan. After the nagasankirtan, you used to have the pradakshina. Yes, to allow people to go around the mandir. And this I live it my whole life until I were like eighteen years old. Used to come regularly. Yes, we came to India and we came to put a party. twice a year twice a year and we stayed in puttaparthi two months so all vacations were spent in puttaparthi all our vacation was spent with swami that's why right. amazing so probably you would have had uh, many experiences that time probably you would have had chances also of interactions with swami did it happen yes in fact i had the opportunity to be in the theater mm. in the purnachandra mm. i were many times there during dramas during dramas yes that's right i was in the theater i was a uh, an actor is it yes oh. and i was like 6 uh, years 7 years old the drama was for so any festival i don't remember exactly but twice a year they made some actors with swami and you went to the purnachandra to the theater and there were foreign people doing these theaters i remember some experiences with sai baba with yeah, this tell us I was one of the three kings of Jesus. Right. No? I remember Sai Baba all the time that he went to supervise what we are doing. When he looked to me, he asked me, "Where are you from?" And I said to Sai Baba, "I'm from Venezuela." Mm. Sai Baba looked me like impressed. I said, "Where are you from?" He asked me again. And I said, "I'm from Venezuela." And then he went. Mm. Then he came again two days later. 
And he asked me the same thing. Where are you from? And I answer, I'm from Venezuela, Swami. Ah, Venezuela. He says, Venezuela. Where are you from, you said? I'm from Venezuela, Swami. I'm Venezuela. <laughs> and he asked me again, where are you from? I answer, I'm from Venezuela. Two times, Sai Baba asked me this. So I told my parents, I said, hey, Papa, Swami's always ask me, where am I from? Where am I from? And I always answer, I'm from Venezuela, from Venezuela. And my father told me, if he asks you again, tell him that you come from him. Oh, okay. And I was like studying, you know, writing every place. If Sai Baba tell me, I will say, I come from him. So you practiced it. I practiced a lot. I was about seven years old. So Sai Baba came. Mm. And the moment came, and Sai Baba asked me, where are you from? Mm. And I forgot. <laughs> oh my God. And I said, I'm from Venezuela. <laughs> then he came and do me this, uh, and went. Uh, and in two meters, I remember, uh, oh my God, I, <laughs> I had God. to say I'm from him. <laughs> no, but he do me like that because he knew my father uh, was saying me that. Yeah. And he knew that. that what has gone in the background and how you have forgotten. So he was letting you know that it's okay, you have forgotten. <laughs> But I know it. The history doesn't end here. When I was 15 years old, I was in the mandir and I was playing the guitar. Oh, you play Be guitar. Yes, I was in the first line, thanks mm. God. Mm. And I was playing the guitar because uh, Latin America was singing to Swami. Mm -hmm. And they permitted Latin America to sing in the mandir. Okay. And Sai Baba came. He went in front of me. He asked me again, where are you from? Hmm. I'm talking about 10 years Ten later. 10 years later. And I answer, I am from you, Swami. Wow. And he answered me, no, from me, from Venezuela. 10 uh, years later, he remembered. When you put both of them together, there are so many deep lessons. He That's knows right. everything. He knows everything. That's right. Amazing. There must have been uh, many more instances like this when you felt his presence. I feel his presence at every moment, in everything I do. I know I cannot move if he doesn't want. I know everything I do is because he wants me to do it. And I always say, Swami, I'm just an instrument of yourself. Do with me whatever you want to do. Were there any situations in your life when you felt his need the most? Every time in life, it comes a situation. Of course, because we are human beings, and you can say, Swami, I need you. I need your presence. Swami, I want you to be here. Swami, I need to see you. But you always have his power to continue to grow, and always to, to try to follow his teachings. Mm. So, yes, of course, we have bad situations. But I think in bad situations, Sai Baba is here. And Sai Baba says, why fear if I am here? I try to follow that always in bad situations. So my soul becomes strong and I do everything without fear. What aspect of uh, Swami's teachings really captures your heart the most? There is something very, very important in life. You have to destroy the ego. That's very important. To destroy Maya, 
and how have you tried to do in your life if people come to say you you are beautiful you are everything you just don't hear that you are just a normal person that's all you are doing this oh what a great person you are no i'm doing nothing sai baba is doing everything just don't have that sense of doership you just always think god is the doer yes and it has to be like that you will be a witness now in your uh, profession working as a private secretary to a minister in the government how has being a side devotee helped you in your work i have all my life coming to india and i have all my life listen to his teachings and in my work i really feel a lot of passion because i really feel if there is somewhere i can serve i can love people and not work only for myself only for my ego personal ego because in my work i just serve people and i'm doing a service i'm a servant so you consider yourself as one who's here only to help others you're in a position where you can do that exactly we are right now with sai baba in a spiritual revolution the power exists but it cannot exist without the spirituality can you explain that a spirituality has to control power and if spirituality and human values control mm. the power mm. you will have a better human being right so you are saying if our energies are channeled in the right direction exactly because you can do many things when you are on this kind of mission and you can help a lot of people so you in your own way how are you trying to do this for example when we're talking with other countries we are trying to grow our country we're making for example enterprises people have more benefits mm. can be more employment so that traduce in a better life for people that is the first project we have the project of love the project of serving people the project of dharma you mentioned about dharma what is dharma how do you practice dharma in your life dharma is our duty and swami came to tell us what is our dharma and you can employ this dharma in everything of your life and what is our dharma our dharma is rescue the human being rescue the human values to have a better life for the world that is our dharma so mm. you can apply this dharma in every place you can apply in politics you can apply in the taxi for example in every place all human beings have to rescue the human values and that is our first dharma mr humar you are telling us that human values is so important and that is what is really needed in current society can you please tell us you in your own profession you are in such an important place where you can influence so many other people how have you tried to practice it in your own life and also inspire others to follow dharma first thing is you have to try just to try to be an example you can influence many people but if you don't influence your family you are doing nothing 
So first things, you have to cultivate your own values. So can you give some instances when you were able in some measure to bring some transformation in your workplace or in the minds of so many people that you are working with and which really gladdened your heart because you know you are able to do something positive in your work area and then through that to society in general as diplomatics we manage the relationship with all countries right but it doesn't mean is only relationship with countries it means the objective of this relationship is the better life of your country right. and the other countries of course mm. in the case of venezuela 10 years ago we had very bad healthcare for example and our relationship with countries for example like cuba mm. made venezuela uh, be one of the most important countries that has complete the improvement in the healthcare of its people so in a concrete form there is the love and there is to serve the people you have to give in the healthcare we got the example here in putaparty one of the most important hospitals in the whole world totally free for people the same thing you can see in venezuela for example the same thing the government has tried to provide exactly. free healthcare free healthcare exactly for all people without seeing if the person has a lot of money or not if has a religion or not religion for all people as same and free healthcare for all people what is also interesting is many of the ministers especially i think the foreign minister and the education minister they have come to putaparty i've seen a photo of them with swami so the teachings of swami which has penetrated into the hearts of many people there who can make huge differences in governance as well as in bringing relief sai baba is in the heart of many people and in many governments in venezuela in all south america in all america in africa in europe in asia now the venezuela movement it started somewhere in the 1970s right 1972 you had uh, miss arlet mayer the first uh, venezuelans who came to putaparty arlet mayer was the first woman mm. who came with the saibaba's message of course there's one very nice photograph of uh, miss arlet mayer garlanding swami during the 50th birthday celebrations in 1975 and apparently she had the opportunity even to film that event she went back home after the event and showed that film to devotees in venezuela we did sometime back a story on the sai movement in venezuela i just remember how swami had drawn her so many years ago and i think from then on this movement in venezuela has grown in leaps and bounds so tell us about what is happening now in venezuela in the sai movement how has it grown in the recent years yes as you say in venezuela the sai movement has grown a lot and there is something important at this moment the venezuelan sai movement is especially interesting in the sevado and in the service, the service. that is the concrete form of love mm. to people mm. so it's very important because sai movement 
is recognized as one of the most important movement in Venezuela that help people, that take care of people and poor people. And they are always trying to do their best to take care of people with medicines, with health care, with education. And there is a lot of work right now in Venezuela with the SAIF movement. And very important and nice projects we are doing, like uh, education is very important in human values. So there is a Satisai school, right? Education, yes, human we, values. So, so we have one school now, Satisai school. We have one school, that, that's right, in a place that is called Tachira. And there we have uh, more than 120 children that are receiving classes and receive all their foods free, absolutely free. It's completely free school. Completely free school. Mm. And it's mainly for poor children? There is no distinction. distinction. But of course, the most people who go are, are poor people. people. Mm. Sometime back, I was reading an article which said that one of the children, after he started going to Satisai school in Venezuela, she decided not to have non-veg. So she went back home and I think there was a chicken or something was being cooked at home and she told her, I'm not going to have it. This is not good. This is violence. We cannot kill another being. And the parents were so impressed that the whole family decided to quit non-witch. I'm always fighting with this. Mm. It was all the time in, in protocol, you know, when they serve the food. I'm always saying, I'm vegetarian. I can say it like this. And this is it's a testimony. I think they are most soft people. Vegetarian people. Yes, the vegetarian people are more mm. soft. The energy is like, it's more clean. People who are more full of love. Mm. You found them much more gentle in their nature. More gentle, exactly. And then you said there's a lot of seva happening in Venezuela. Because one is on the education front. You have this Institute of Satisai Education. And then on the seva front, what are the highlight uh, service activities that are happening on a continuous basis? Yes, in the SAIF movement all the month and making a healthcare campaign, for example, and that is several. We always give food to people who doesn't have. And the important thing is that this is continuously. And you can see it twice a month. And it's going on for years. Yes. So service is in the form of giving foods as well as healthcare. Yes, healthcare, food, education, everything. And the teachings of Swami's course. Teachings of Swami? That these teachings are in concrete. The concrete teachings of, of love. Yes. Because you can go, for example, and pray for hours. But if you give something to a person that needs, then it's like pray for years. Swami always tells that hands that serve are holier than lips that pray. Show that love, make that love concrete. Exactly. That's what service is all about. And you in your profession are also able to do it in your capacity of being in the office of the foreign minister. Yes, we have created in our government a social missions. Social missions. Yes. These missions are for everything. Are for education in all the levels, in higher university, for healthcare. For example, we have made more than 10,000 new little hospitals mm. for people in near their home. Mm. They have a medical assistant in front of their houses. 
And in fact, these kinds of doctors are a different doctors because these doctors are with your family and all the community knows his doctor. No? And this is very important because you create an a, a proper exactly. bonding between the doctor exactly. and the population. And the, and the population. And there is something very important. These doctors doesn't see if this person has money or not. Oh. Okay. It's free. Completely it's free. Completely free. At all levels? Primary? At all levels. At all levels. Even tertiary care. Even surgery that. operations. Surgery operations, everything. Yes. And we have done really good effort with international relationship to have the better technology for these medical assistance. It's great to be there and be uh, a part in implementing all these projects. Yes. One of the first things I wanted in life, maybe because I learned it from Swami, was that I have to do something for society. And I think in the mission I have right now, I am doing exactly that. How did you come to the position where you are now? This is very interesting. I am a Gayatri Mantra devotee. You love the Gayatri Mantra? I love the Gayatri Mantra, yes. When did you know about Gayatri Mantra? I know all my life, but with experience, I know exactly what Gayatri Mantra can do. Is it? Exactly at 18 years old. Oh, how did that happen? Tell us about that. I began at 18 years old to work, and I was a salesman. Salesman? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was selling TV cable. TV cables. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, I remember I had to to go to many places, knock the doors, Same and say TV. to people, "Here I am with the TV cable." Cables, and if you want them. <laughs> <laughs> mm. When I didn't sell, I went a little moment to pray Gayatri Mantra. Oh. And when exactly I prayed Gayatri Mantra, sales come immediately. Wow. <laughs> immediately, exactly happened all my life with Gayatri. So whenever you were in trouble, you chanted Gayatri Mantra. Gayatri Mantra. That's right. I said to Swami, I was working in a place. I didn't like the work in a survey enterprise. And I was disappointed with the people I was working. Mm. I didn't felt I was in the place I wanted to, to be. Mm. And uh, I say, Swami, whatever you decide, I will accept it. But if you decided like that, Please, I would like to do social service in the government. You just prayed like that? Just like that. And I began to pray Gayatri Mantra. Mm. In 15 days, the, with the people that were working, they say me, go, we don't need you here. And in one week later, I never gave my, my CV to anybody. Mm. And they called me from the, the government department of social matters. A call came from them? They called to my phone number. Oh. I was impressed. You didn't apply for it? I never. It's really amazing. How did they know about you? Gayatri Mantra. Then, two years and a half later, there were a lot of movement. And when it happened, this movement, and you are like subdirector or director, you can be transferred to every place. And I asked Swami, Swami, I think uh, I had studied administration, I think I love politics, and for me it's very interesting. And I tell Swami, Swami, if you want, I accept it every time. You have to give yourself, always. Mm. 
and you have to accept what Gayatri or Sai Baba wants to you. You never had to impose something. Correct. So when you surrender to God, just do it completely. Yes. And you have to do it honestly. Honestly. And I said, Swami, if you want, I can work in international matters, in diplomatic matters. In 15 days again, I met Nicolas Maduro, that is my chief. And he said, why don't you be my assistant? And he was only one month being foreign ministers. So that's why I am now there. It's all because of the Sai Gayatri Mantra. <laughs> all of Sai Baba. All of Sai Baba. Sai Baba decides everything in the whole world. Everything. From a salesman to the office of the foreign minister. I think your story is one among the many of the devotees from Venezuela. I think every devotee from Venezuela will have something fascinating to share about how Swami has transformed his life. I'm sure about that. Swami has touched the heart of many people. Can you give us some stories, some other stories? Because I know there are so many fascinating tales of divine grace. Because we don't get to hear much of what is happening in that part of the world. I'm really glad that my parents, when I was young, they came here to Swami and let me know about Swami. I think this is the, the best miracle in my whole life. And that is the first way of transformation. That we always are transforming ourselves. We always are defeating our anti-values. If one person transforms himself, there is a great step. Then you come and see a family transformation. Then you come and see a society transformation. And that is the best objective. I think the best objective is the human being transformation into a world of human values to have a better life. You must have also the chance to interact with many other Sai devotees, your own Sai brothers and sisters in the Sai family there. And you must have also seen how Swami has changed their lives, changed their perspectives about life. Can you share with us some other instances like that from the Sai family, from the people you know? Of course, we have known many Sai devotees and uh, we have known a lot of transformations in many devotees. In my mind comes, I don't know why, right now comes my mother. She's an attorney. She was a, a, a fiscal, a government attorney. So you can see many times when she was accusing maybe a thief or in, in fact an assassin, for example. She's accusing him and she's saying to the judge, I need for him 40, 50, 60 years in jail. But at the same way, she's having her dharma. At the same time, she can be lovely with that guy. Mm. She can perform her duty, whatever punishment to receive, but she can also at the same time love that person. Yes, she can ask him, have you eaten? Are you hungry? And this is one of the best examples of the Sai Baba's transformation. You do your duty with love. Do the duty with love. That's right. And how have you been trying to practice this in your workplace? You have to meet with so many people who might have very different temperaments mm -hmm. and there can be many people who are not as steadfast in following values as you are. How do you, in these situations, still 
try to follow values. You have to defeat ego. You have to defeat corruption. Mm. All the things you have to defeat it. You have to have a very strong determination. determination. Very strong. What are the principles in your life that you never compromise on? But first, honestly. Honesty. That is so important in your office. Yes, very important in my life. So before we end, um, I just remember you said during the conversation that you like politics. What you like about politics? Politics is just an instrument. And in politics, you can find an instrument of power. If you, from this power, help society, you will help a lot. That is real, the politics. Right. Spiritually, human values has to control politics. You wanted to serve, and I think it can make huge difference if you're in a place where you can influence many people. That's right. And that's where politics gives you that arena, gives you that platform. That's right. That's amazing. You always wanted to do that and Swami and Gahetri, of course, helped you to go to that place. Absolutely wonderful. I think before we wind up this interview, what would you like to say to all Radio Sai listeners? Sai Baba is in your hearts, is in your souls. Just listen to Him and follow Him. God is in us all the time. That's right. Thank you very much, Mr. Homar Faron. It has been uh, really very enlightening as well as interesting talking to you. And uh, we hope this will inspire more people to always remember Swami in their hearts and follow His teachings. Because ultimately, if we say we love Swami, then we should love His teachings. And when we love His teachings, then we too will one day become as blissful as Swami Himself. Thank you very much. We hope the next time you are here, you will drop in at the studio and maybe also get some other Venezuelan devotees because we would love to listen to more of such stories of transformation, such stories of living his teachings in actual life. Thank you very much. Sai Ram. Sai Ram. You just heard a conversation with Mr. Homar Faron Vieira Rodriguez, the private secretary to the foreign minister of Venezuela. In conversation with Mr. Homar was Radio Sai's Bishu Prishti. This was an episode of our series, Trist with Divinity, wherein we offer you stories of people who have been touched by the love of Bhagawan Baba. Please do share your feedback on this program by writing to listener at radiosai.org Thank you and Sai Ram.